0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye podcast. It's episode eight. And boy, do we have a special show for you guys. Uh, Lots and lots to talk about. So I hope you guys are ready. hope you guys got your tacos because it should be one hell of a show. So, um, you know, we got plenty to talk about, plenty to discuss. We got Veracruz, Conca Champions, Tijuana, everything. But before anything, uh, let me introduce my co-host, as always, the man himself, Mr. Dylan Jimenez. Dylan, how are you? Doing good,
1: man. You know, another day in the life of a college student, so it's going good.
0: <laughs> righty, alright. And joining us today, we have a very special guest. You may know him from uh, the Mexican Soccer Show or uh, from his famous hashtag Ask Cesar articles. Uh, we're honored and proud uh, to have one of the pioneers of the Liga MX English community. The one, the only... The great Cesar Hernandez. Cesar, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank
2: you guys. And let it be known that you guys were the professionals here. You guys were ready like 20 minutes before the show even started. I showed up like three minutes beforehand, like some sort of diva of some sort. I don't know. I was, <laughs> in a, I, was I was, out buying, I was out buying, I was at the store. I thought I had more time. So apologies to these guys because they were, they were on time and ready. And I showed up at the last second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were we were worried. We were we were calling your agent. We were we were very <laughs> we were very worried that you you had not showed up to the set, and uh, we were we were starting to panicking. But uh, well we, we got you. Uh, we we were gonna refrain to our uh to to go and interview your cat, but uh, I, um, you yeah. you made it.
2: It's like she, she's more of a Boomerang Synthigis fan, so yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't really make sense on this podcast, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't have made much sense, but again, <laughs> thank you uh, for uh, finishing your uh, your grocery shopping time so you could be able to make it. Yeah, of course.
2: I mean, once again, thank you so much, guys, for having me on the show. I'm excited to excited to be talk about America. Excited to talk about the Call Champions League. Excited to talk about shoelace because clearly I, I I cover a lot of the shoelace out here in San Diego. So another opportunity to talk about the team from Iguana.
0: all righty all right well gentlemen let's jump right into it uh we got uh veracruz up first uh this is a game that uh you know we we previewed here and said it was going to be uh we thought it'd be a little bit more of an exciting matchup coming into this one it it kind of disappointed on on both ends um i think as an americanista everyone was actually hoping to get a pretty big result at the end of the day you get a draw which you know Ultimately, isn't the worst result coming out of Veracruz. Um, But I'm going to throw it at you first, Dylan. Uh, What was your initial reaction seeing that the result was 1-1?
1: To me, it was a little frustrating because, you know, we had our chances. We had our opportunities, you know, just uh, one thing we brought up, too, was bringing our uh, shooting boots and finishing. And that's one thing we kind of didn't do. And you see the team get frustrated throughout the match a little bit, too. And it's just frustrating not to walk away with three points because the three points for, were there for us to grab, but you know, America just didn't grab those three points instead we walk away with the point.
0: Yeah. Yep, it it was frustrating at the end. Uh, now I'm gonna throw it out to you, Cesar, because I know this yeah. is this was a matchup that you and the and, and the Mexican soccer show people were doing your uh your your Liga and Mekis and Chill Sunday. Um yeah, that, that
2: little weird project we do, kind of strange.
0: <laughs> it's strange, but uh but actually kind of cool um so what what was your thoughts on on the 1-1 result in in Veracruz? i mean those last
2: three to four minutes were kind of crazy right i mean that was yeah. a lot of fun to watch yeah. right there <laughs> i mean I, I think regardless of who you're rooting for right there that was i mean a little fantastic ending there i think you got to give some credit to belito and hernandez because during our when i was watching it with the other guys we we're kind of almost making fun of the fact that Meliton Hernandez was stepping in net uh, for Pedro Gallese. And as soon as Meliton Hernandez stepped in the game, I thought, all right, if I was America, I'm just going to take shots from distance, take off or take chances on this guy. But I think, honestly, I think Meliton had a great game. I think he had a really good game. If, if it wasn't for that that save, he had the really, 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 really like dying moments of the game. You know, America could have walked away with two goals and in injury time there. That it was really, really close. So, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, if we're looking at, uh, a little bit more of stuff beforehand. I did think that it was going to be a little bit easier for America, but you got to give credit to uh, Veracruz's uh, defense. I thought players like Osmar Mares, of course, you know, you guys are very familiar with him. I thought he did well. Uh, Palmera Rivas, I thought did well. And of course, like I guess i mean like Melito Hernandez. I thought, I mean, I, despite the goal that he allowed, I thought he had a great game.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think he was a, a surprise uh overall in the matchup. I think everyone was kind of saying, well, you know, Manito Nernande's coming in. You know, he's he's always a, a goalkeeper that you, you you can never really expect know what to expect from him. He can have an absolutely amazing game or he can have, you know, three three shockers in, in one matchup. And I think he, he stepped up to the plate, you know. Granted to him, I think America did their best um, in in regards to when he came in. That we saw a lot of shots, but I mean, we saw a great performance from him. I think uh, at the end of the day, you kind of have to tip your hat off to him. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what what are your thoughts, uh, Dylan, with with the fact? I know I know you mentioned the you know like we we we've been discussing our shooting boots and everything. We it, we brought it to some extent. Uh, we didn't really finish some of our chances, but I think you have to merit the fact that Meliton had an actually, you know, pr- pretty good game.
1: Yeah, it was a definitely over a good game. You know, those forty-five minutes that he played. You know, going back to that saves, um, since I talked about, you know, at the very end. You know, um, I think the ref actually blew the whistle as that as that cross was going in. Oh, really? But you know, yeah, I, I I think so if I remember that right. But I mean, re- regardless of of the whistle being blown, you know, it was still a fantastic save. You know, just to keep it out of the net you know there were, had a couple great he had a couple great saves too which is which shows that um you know he's a, he could be a good keeper too as well but you know just kind of inconsistent too in the net as well
2: what an assist there from for Henry Martin at the end right I had to watch that a few times to try to figure out like what happened everything just happened so quickly with that that equalizer from Medica, and then just to see that assist from Henry Martin was pretty impressive especially after the season he's had so far
0: no, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think the craziest thing is if you actually look from the corner onto the point where the goal is scored, Eddie uh, Aguilera throws, lunges himself to kind of head that ball back. Doesn't even get close to it with His head, I think, it hits the back of his his shoulder, uh, which then the ball finds Henry. Henry just you know instinctively just back heels it. But the greatest I think move that was made in that box was the one of Ori Peralta, who kind of looked like he went to go for the shot but actually shielded it which made it more possible for that ball to roll through and then of course you you had uh bruno valdez there ready to to bulk it into the back of the net
2: so even had his back to net even like one yard away from net. yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) i mean so i mean it it was it was a great move it was a great result how much of that was actually intended i'm not so sure but still i mean you know give it give it off to the boys that, you know, they, they, they persevered and, and, you know, because of all their hard work, they were able to g- at least get that much away from, from Veracruz. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about what America didn't do. I think that's, that's one of the most more important things to talk about because there was a matchup where everyone, everyone had written down America victory. Mm-hmm. Um, What, what do you what do you both think happened? Because this is America. This did not look the like the America that played Morelia, that played Tigres, that you know. They, this looked a very different side. And I, I'm curious to to pick both of your guys' brains on this subject. What do you think happened? I'll throw it off to you first, Cesar. What do you think America lacked? Uh, you know, doing against Veracruz that they did against all the other sides.
2: You know, the first thing that came to mind was something that. I saw Piojo do a little bit uh, over in Tijuana, which was kind of questionable substitutions. I'm not saying the players that came in, but when he ended up making those subs. I don't I know how you guys feel about Piojo's substitutions. I don't know what you guys have think he's done so far this season because you guys have been clearly been keeping a closer eye than I have. But I think when you brought in Ibarwen in the 64th minute, that was a good call. But then he waited until the 77th minute to bring on Henry Martin. Joe Corona didn't step in into the 86th minute. I just. I just think those last those last two subs should have been brought on a lot earlier. I think those could have potentially made a bigger difference, and maybe that's why he made those subs so late that you end up seeing that equalizer in, uh, in injury time. So I think that was something that's a little bit questionable, but when you're looking at the good, I mean, when you look at the good, especially from Bioko, once again, I mean, you saw him on the sideline. You saw that intensity. You saw that like energy from the guy. And you And I do think that there are very few teams that in the league, Maggie said what America did and what Bjorko did during those last few minutes. I think there are very, very, very few teams in the league that would have done that. I I, I just think it was extremely impressive. I was and it, it. would have been that surprising if they were to get those two goals right there uh, in injury time. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta applaud Bjorko. You gotta applaud America for that team spirit. But once again, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Once again, I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm a little hesitant about you know the decision-making between his subs and how late they were.
0: Dylan, I'm gonna throw this one out to you because this is a subject very uh that you've talked about, you know, qu- uh quite a lot on the on the podcast, uh, in regards to Piojo substitutions.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with Siza too. You know, there's times and times again where we came in to discuss about this where, you know, uh the players that Piojo brings on, you know, they're they're good players too and like and so it just questions me, like, what makes him want to bring them on so late and why he doesn't see make the changes now, you know. You know, as a great coach as he is, you know, and time and time again, we've seen the magic he can do. But, you know, it's just the substitutions that he's not he's not making them at the right time and stuff like that. And another thing, too, that kind of stuck out to me was uh, the mistakes. You know, we c- it didn't seem like we were – on our passing game a little bit too, as well. You know, making some mistakes here and there, and these are mistakes that you, that you should have cleaned up. You know, after like maybe the first week and and maybe in preseason too, like that. We're making mistakes that we don't need to make right now at this point in time in the season.
0: No, yeah, I, I agree. I I, I think América played too comfortable. I think they they went into that pitch knowing that they were the better side, uh, but they they didn't really prove it. I think they gave Veracruz a little bit too much time on the ball, and uh, I. I think maybe a little bit, uh, the conditions, uh, you know, it was very humid. Yeah. I think that may have played on a a part on the players as well. Uh, even so, I think, uh, I think we, we, we had everything right in order to go and, and get the three points. I think America lacked some intensity right off the bat in both halves. And I think, you know, like Dylan, you, you mentioned, we, we were very sloppy on the ball at times as well. So, I mean, Overall, a pretty good result. Um, I think I think we have to say, you know, a very good game by Veracruz. I, I think, you know, it, it showed that they were playing for, you know, to to, to stay up in the league. Um, and we, we we respected them a little bit too much. And I think, you know, we we had our opportunities. We didn't take them. Um, but I think overall, a pretty fair result. I don't know what you gentlemen think.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, when you're talking about Veracruz too, just, um, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is just, you know, how how much this is really going to hurt the team? How much it's really, really going to hurt this side? Because right now, they're the leading relegation candidates. Of course, Lobos' blob can slip up too, and they can stumble, potentially be uh, the leading relegation candidate. But right now, it's Veracruz. And that win would have been so crucial for them. And it's just so... I can, You can imagine from the players' perspe- perspectives, like how disheartening it must be for them to be just seconds, essentially, away, just literally seconds away from solidifying three points against a very tough against arguably the best league of Mikey side so far this season. And that must be so heartbreaking for them. So I think going forward, obviously this is the Veracruz Cruz, uh, soccer podcast, but I do think just because it's a talking <laughs> point right now with the, the relegation race, I do wonder if, I mean, if this is just going to, not if things are going to, are going to fall apart even worse, but if this is just going to be somewhat of a, I don't know, uh, like a sign of th- more things to come, more negative uh, games to to come for Veracruz.
0: If we're, yeah, if no, we're trying to touch up on, no, go ahead, Dylan, go ahead.
1: Um, yeah, just kind of like what we kind of talked about too after the game ended, and, you know, uh, the point is going to mean something in the end, you know, but the three points were there, and, you know, instead of splitting the points, we should have taken the three points. But, you know, in the end, you know, like you said, I think the positive we can take out of this was, you know, we're still unbeaten in the league of Mickey's the only unbeaten team right now in the, in the league. So, you know, that's just one positive you take out of it, you know, but there's a lot of negatives too, as well. Uh, we kind of touched on a little bit too, as well.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And before I touch upon that, I, I want to go back to what Cesar was saying about Veracruz. Um, it, I think, I think if the, the team mentality for Veracruz going forward should be, look, we didn't get the three points, but look how we played against a very, very strong opposition. No, I true, think, yeah. I think if they can just go with that and say, "Look, all we need to do is just, you know, work on, you know, just staying a little bit more focused and closing out the games," then I think Veracruz has has a, has everything in in order to stay up. I, they have a very good roster. Uh, they have a good coach with plenty of experience in the league. So I I think you know it, like you said, it's going to be a very interesting race, especially uh, you know with Veracruz being the number one candidate to you know to go, but. You know, I, I, hopefully, you know, for for Veracruz sakes, they they can find uh, the the right, you know, uh, I guess, chemistry to 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 put them forward. And I think they showed it against America now. It's just a matter of of actually, you know, being able to concentrate and fully fulfill those 90 minutes without, you know, losing concentration, especially at a set piece, you know, uh, okay. so vital.
2: Although if, um, if we're being honest, I'd, I'd rather see Veracruz go down than Lobos blop. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i mean you guys heard it here first that
0: says that once doesn't like vera cruz no and... <laughs> no just, just just i mean i think there are a lot
2: of reasons why people don't like vera cruz but also just i mean just the playing style uh, between them and lobos pop and it's a little bit more fun to watch lobos swap. obviously there's a it's a big deal for a lot of these players like their careers but i mean just strictly from a tactical kind of like fan perspective i do think i would prefer to see lobos pop stay up as opposed to to vera cruz
0: if I'm fan wise, I, I I'm going with Veracruz only because one Layún played there and okay, Carlos also was uh was was the coach for there pl- plenty of times.
2: There you go. So, there
0: you go. It should be interesting though. It should be interesting. So you know um overall the results a one one I think uh, fair enough for for both sides. Um like I said I think America lacked uh a little bit of what they were doing before and because of that we weren't able to walk away with the three points. But um. Overall, like you said, Dylan, we're we're still undefeated in the league. Um, you know, th- this is obviously going to play, you know, highly to the players' confidence. Uh, mo- moving forward, uh, you know, we have the Coca Champions next, and afterwards, Cholos. Do you think this is? Do you think this is actually something that will, you know, favor uh, America going forward, or do you think this is going to be a little bit kind of playing on the players' head, like oh, we're undefeated, kind of go a little bit too cocky, you know, flying a little bit too close to the sun, which and and then ultimately, you know. Uh, kind of just fall apart
1: yeah i, I kind of think you know the players can get a little big headed at this point you know i think we, we kind of say that too whenever they play Verde Cruz a little bit you know but you know i just i just think you know maybe this draw was good to bring them back down to earth a little bit so they don't get too big headed you know even though um they can still ride on that you know with knowing that they're undefeated you know going into some into costa rica when they play coco champions you know carrying that too whenever we play cholo saturday too so you know, just not getting too big headed you no. Know? I think this I think this draw was good enough to bring us down to earth a little bit more.
0: Sassad, what do you think? Do you think America can continue their their good run of form and stay undefeated coming up in, in these next two matchups?
2: Uh I think so. I don't think it would be that surprising. I mean, obviously it's League of Becky, so it's unpredictable. And inevitably, I mean, unless if you're charge it through like Monterey has been recently. I think that inevitably America is going to get that loss. Two losses could even be three. It wouldn't be honestly, once again, it wouldn't be that surprising whether they're going to stay undefeated this week. Yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, I mean, when you look at the depth that America has, I mean, especially, I mean, for example, I mean, Linus isn't playing, you know, E wins on the bench, Joe Corona. I know he's not the most exciting Option. But I mean, when he, he, I think he could work very well with Guido Rodriguez. I mean, you, yeah. you guys got Edson Alvarez is on the bench. You guys have some depth <laughs> there. You got, you guys have some depth there that other teams would love to have, other than maybe Monterey or Tigres. But that's just because they're on a different level there. But yeah, yeah. I think uh against uh, Saprissa, I think, yeah, I think you can easily get a win there away. And against Sholos, I, mean, I know we we're going to talk about it later, but I I think is going to get a, I don't think it's going to be a convincing win. I think Scholos are a little bit more. Uh, defensively strong. That a lot of people give him credit for. I mean, I think uh, you saw what they've done uh, the first few games of the season. But I do, th- I, I can imagine them getting a win there, at least a narrow win.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you in, in the most part of two in that trolling matchup. I think it's going to be tight. But we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more about that once we get there. Um, I guess now is a better time than ever than to jump into the conca champions so you know finally uh america plays again in uh in a you know familiar tournament well not too familiar because they did change the the structure of it no more group stage we're automatically going into the round of knockouts um just a quick uh quick assessment from you boys how do you guys feel about this new structure in regards to no more group stage we're going straight into the and into the into the knockout stages what do, what do you guys think about this cesar
2: um i think it's more exciting i mean i'm not gonna lie those like uh some of those early uh group stage matches or some of the early matches the uh, original version of the Concap champions like it was boring man it felt like i don't know it felt on the level of like uh, a unexciting kopamekis match and i think Copa Mekis that really needs to change too man because i mean I I, I I haven't been following. I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really been following like sixty to 80 percent of those games that go by. Maki's just because how dull they are. i <laughs> completely. I mean, I'm being completely, just, I mean yeah. who, who's taking time out of they to watch those games? But anyway, that's a different conversation right there. But I do think this is good. I think that when you have this immediate knockout round, uh, it makes it more exciting. It puts a lot more weight into these games. I just think that now it's a little strange, uh, because it's the 2018 CONCAP Champions League. But then, like for example, Saprista, they got qualified in because they're the 2016 invierno uh champions in costa rica and just the way that everyone's qualified now it's like you're gonna have that weird yeah, little staggering wonky, yeah. yeah it's it's a little it's a little confusing but that said i i mean i'm a fan of the new uh the new setup just because it's it, it, i know just puts so much more importance in these games
0: okay dylan
1: yeah bas- basically what Cesar, Cesar said, you know. Uh, uh, it pressures the team to perform well and to perform good, you know, to going into the next round and everything that it's more exciting. And yeah, just, just the pressure on the team and especially the coach, you know, to perform and, you know, it's just the confusing part too, as well. You know, I didn't, I didn't really understand how teams qualified and stuff like that, but I mean, yeah, just basically all of says, I said, you know, it's it's more exciting and more favorable to watch.
0: Okay understandable um says that correct me if i'm wrong is this is yes. this is Zapriza the one the the club that has some affiliation with guadalajara
2: yeah uh, two next step but i really don't i don't i don't know the details of that uh, like uh that's something i should know a little bit more about but yeah no I, I, there is something there but i don't know exactly what it is
0: okay i'm just making sure because i i, I thought it was them i, I wasn't 100 percent sure but okay now i got yeah, somebody that.
2: Yeah, I got, I got to do research on that as well. That's me slacking as a journalist right there. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Everyone can be a little bit lazy sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, Almost definitely okay, so, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> my middle name is procrastination. Uh, so... Zaprisa away, uh, Costa Rica. I, me and Dylan were, were looking at the stats right before coming into the into the podcast, and it looks like Saprissa is in third place. The last five matchups, uh, three wins, two draws. Their home record looks out really, really good at the moment. It looks like they haven't lost this year as of 2018. They haven't lost at home. Um if if you're, I'm pretty sure America's a little bit more informed than us. But if if you're a player, you're you're going into a, a into a scenario like this. You you're not too familiar with with uh with the side. You're not too familiar with the with the field and everything. How do you guys think America will approach this matchup, knowing that the Saberisa is in you know pretty good form?
2: I mean, this is a side. This this isn't like uh, a Chivas opponent like Steve Howe who is the first time in the tournament. So, they I think this is their seventh time in the CONCACAF Champions League. This is a team that knows how to deal with Liga Mecchi squads. It knows how to deal with these big opponents. You know, it's the most successful club in Costa Rica. Um, like you guys said, they're currently in third place. and They do have a game in hand as well. So, I mean, uh, they could easily sneak back into first place. Uh, so, I, I just think this is a game that shouldn't be taken lightly. Because when you look at all the different round of 16 opponents you could say that you know america probably has a, a little bit more of a difficult opposition here you know when you look at the fact that Sholos are taking on uh, motawa and you know, i brought up uh, chivas's opposition uh, which is subao and then uh i forget um who it was eddie the that Tigres are, are facing yeah um so i i, I think that yeah uh, it's not something to be taken lightly. América. Clearly, Las Aguilas are the favorites here. Clearly, Los Aguilas have depth. And no matter... Regardless of how well Soprisa are doing, when you're at a team that's in first place in League Liga with the depth that America has, they're going to be the favorites here. But yeah, like I said, it's it, it's not something to be taken lightly. And I do think that it'd be an ideal opportunity for some backups, for some fringe players to really shine, for to really make a case for themselves. Like I mentioned a couple there. I think Ibadwin, I think that's a perfect opportunity there. I think Edson Alvarez too. Edson Alvarez could you really, really use a good performance in this game.
0: I agree. I agree. Dylan, uh, throw throw off that same question off to you.
1: Yeah, man, you know, it's going to be a little nerve-wracking a little bit, especially those, you know, who who haven't really seen Costa Rica and uh, never traveled, you know, and don't know much about the team. You know, I kind of see it a little nerve-wracking too. To Just because how good Septisa is right now, how 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 good they seem to do. And, you know, the undefeated at home, you know, one thing Mini you always mentioned it's never easy being the away team. You know, we're traveling and, you know, going into, like I said, the side that hasn't lost at home so far this year. And so, you know, but, you know, I still feel like we can get the job done. I still feel like Piojo's going to put the line together. That's going to get the job done, you know, a strong starting 11. I think it's going to be similar to what we kind of played against Morelia, you know, um just a few players rotated here and there um do I really know like could I really or could I really say who's going to start and stuff like that but no I mean because you know we're not we're not really sure how is going to rotate the squad around or anything like that but you know kind of like I said you know um, Ivar Gwynn, Edson you know those are two players that I'd like to see start you know just because I think this would be a good opportunity for them to shine and put on a good performance for Pioho.
0: Okay I agree um the only thing I'm worried about is that America is going into this away matchup and I'm guessing the conditions may be the same as against Veracruz. You know, it's going to be an environment where I'm pretty sure it's going to be humid. It's not going to be, you know, like when we do, when we go play in the side of the obviously, you know, the, the different conditions, everything like that. We saw America maybe not feel too comfortable in that Veracruz environment is there's something to worry about in regards to to that playing a factor in America's game.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at someone like Mane, I think Mane looked a little tired in that Veracruz game, and I think that if, if he gets the start here, maybe he could potentially uh, get some minutes here. That that's uh, that's that's a little worrisome for America, but that's also assuming that he gets the start, and I think that's a big question. I mean... I, I, honestly, I mean, I think you guys would know better than I do just because you guys have been following the team. Who, What would the starting 11 look like uh, in this game? But I think that if someone like Mane, who's crucial in the attack right now, I know that Martín's been there. I know that is there. But it's clear they're trying to work in Mane a little bit more. But I mean, it's just if you look that tired and Veracruz, I mean, it might be the same uh, in Costa Rica.
0: Okay, I agree. That That's my only real main concern. Uh, but I mean, if you push through that, I think if America really wants to get a result here, I think it's going to be important that um, they do not give too much time on the ball with Zaprisa. I think the more we can hold the possession, like we have for most of the season, the more uh, opportunity we have to dictate the play, to move uh, the ball around and and to kind of really, you know, cement the playing style that we, that we like, that, that Piojo intends for us to do. So i I'm, I'm I'm curious to see exactly what do you guys think the result's going to be away at Seprisa. And um,
1: like- one, one one question one question I kind of have, you know, that I don't know about um do away goals or anything uh favor in the in the, in the yes. Of Cash? Yes, away
0: goals favor, so it's going to be very important for America to actually get one.
1: Um I'll probably go with the with the 1-0 you know, result for America in favor of America.
2: Okay. i think it could be i am i'm gonna go with a, a two to one win here for america uh i think like uh, as i mentioned earlier that there' are some there's some bench options that have a lot to prove i i i've already mentioned a few of those names already but i think that if you're a backup i think this will be a an ideal opportunity to really you know, show off in front of a uh, Herrera. so especially like if, if you can show off and do that in Costa rica and if you do that against a side like Saprisa, once again i don't think that there is a side that should be taken lightly then i think that that could make a really good case for yourself uh in future matches too
0: i i agree i agree and um going on that i i want to i want to predict the starting 11 here and i i'll go first and then i'll i'll let dylan take a chance i'll let you guys do this i'm not gonna do this (laughs) (laughs) and um uh so i'm Ideally, I'm I'm going with what Cesar is is saying, too, that we're going to see a lot of rotation a lot of these bench players get to start, and it's going to be very vital that they perform. Um, I think I'm going off in goal, Marche. Uh, We're going with that 4-4-2. That's actually worked wonders for us so far this season. I'm going Paula Aguilar, right back, center back, uh, Etzan Alvarez, uh, the other center back, Emanuel Aguilera, left back, Carlos Vargas, uh, right mid, uh, Renato Ibarra, in the midfield, I think we're going to see uh, Willian da Silva and uh, Joe Corona in the in the left mid. I'm, we're going to see Ivar win And up top, I think it's going to be the same duo: Henry Martin with uh, Oriol Peralta. What, what's yes, your take, I mean, Dylan? You, you
1: just you just read my mind, man. That's the exact same thing I was thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's going to be a heavy rotational squad. We know that, uh, but I think I think we're going into this pretty confident because. We, you know 6 months ago we wouldn't have had the same confidence if we would have rotated the squad we had then i think now like as i said there's a lot more depth there's a lot more confidence and you know e- you can even imagine seeing a that Quintero come off the bench and, you know, still having a pretty big impact. So it's 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 nice to be able to have the depth. It's, it's nice to be able to have some confidence. And these players have a lot to prove, which, you know, kind of fills you a little bit more with confidence knowing that they're going to go out there. You're going to hope that they're going to perform because they want, you know, to kind of put their hands up and say, hey, look, I can perform with you in the starting 11 in the league as well. So you know it it should be an interesting matchup the the matchup is tomorrow i believe five o'clock uh our time which is seven o'clock your time dylan i believe i should know this i think so i I just
2: i just wrote an article about uh (laughs) 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 yeah it's tomorrow tomorrow five o'clock pacific time yeah
0: all right five o'clock pacific time uh Seven o'clock your time, Dylan. So it it should be interesting. So if for all of you guys listening, make sure you guys tune in tomorrow on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys follow us uh, at Eagle iPod. Uh, we're going to be following the whole game live. We're going to be live tweeting. We're going to be getting you guys' reactions. We're going ge- to be giving you guys our thoughts and we're going to be guys letting you guys know exactly everything that goes on minute by minute. Uh, make sure you guys follow these two gentlemen as well on Twitter. Uh, Dylan is, uh, and Tessa's Twitter handle is in the description down below in the show notes. And if you guys ever, for whatever reason, miss an episode, don't forget we are on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. So you guys can always take us on the go. Um, Gentlemen, that we're, we're coasting through this pretty quickly. Anything else you guys want to add on about the Conca Champions in regards to the Saprissa America matchup?
2: I think when you look at the beginning of the season and you knew that, say, you already knew what the schedule was like, that the first game against Saprissa was this week, I think you couldn't have asked for a better start for America. If someone would have told you guys um, you know, in early January that a Medic match in first place, undefeated, and that they had backup players that were that needed to push for a starting role. They needed to push to, to really showcase and really impress. Um, I was about to say Osorio. it just tells you where mine's <laughs> at right now. I uh, needed, needed to impress Piojo. I mean that that's 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 exactly what you guys would have wanted, right? I don't think it could have. I, I, I don't think it could have been. There are a few situations which would be better than what you guys currently have. I mean, obviously. Things can change quite quickly for Mexican clubs and the league of MX. Who knows if this game and other uh, midweek matches are going to end up, you know, uh, end up hurting América a little bit and they'll drop down the league table. But I think this is the perfect set, like setup for you guys, right?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I if you would have told me that, I would have maybe called you a little bit crazy because I I'm, I'm not the type of person to be so optimistic when it comes to my team. I feel like the more you the <laughs> the more you actually, you know, think, Oh yeah, we're gonna be the best, the more uh chances you are not. But it, it is the perfect situation. Like you would not have thought of a better situation that America could be in because of everything that's been going on last season with Biojo's first, you know, apertura coming back from the nas- from from Cholos, excuse me, you know, it wasn't the best you know performance towards yes. the end you had a you were a little bit skeptical about what was to come you know prior to that with everything that happened with la volpe uh, you know so it, it it is actually the perfect scenario i uh, like you said this these concacaf champion league matchups could play you know uh, can, you know could play a very big part in in us maybe slipping up in the league because you know you can always have an injury uh you can always have you know players maybe lose a little bit of form here and there because of you know the the flights and the traveling but overall i think you're right you, there's this confidence there's this sense that we can push for both both tournaments we do have the squad for it we have the depth and you know ideally this is the right scenario that you want as an americanisa Dylan on with What's your take on, on what Cesar was saying?
1: You know, if Cesar would have told me that in, you know, at the beginning of January, I probably would have got excited, but then I would have woke up. Thinking it was all a dream? A dream. <laughs> yeah, it's all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I mean, you know, it. we're in a good spot right now. You know, Ivan, something that I mean you kind of talked about at the beginning of the season two is, you know, if uh, you could take – one trophy or one tournament which would it be and me and you both agreed that it was the conco champions and you know at this point though in time you know you can kind of see that maybe we can take both both the the classuda and the conco champions so it's a it's a good time right now i feel like we're sky high you know especially being in the first place right now a little bit and so you know it's, it's it's just a good time right now overall for america
0: yeah, and if it was the Americanista and me really, you know, screaming out from the top of my lungs. it's 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 me saying it's time to show why we're the number one club in Mexico, you know? So it's 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 time for the players to show up, it's time for the club to step up. And I think this is the perfect moment. So I ideally it 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 can be better and hopefully it will be better as as time progresses, because um I think we're we're due for for at least a a, a pretty good run
2: at the very least you guys are going to the quarterfinals i mean that's i mean you're going to quarterfinals and you guys are going to the playoffs i mean but then again like you guys said it's I mean, it's just it's interesting to talk to you guys because with the and i'm sure it's the same with the two of you but just the the expectations of an america fan are just so much different than any other team in league of mercs as someone who talks to hangs out with goes with the Juan all the time it, uh, the fans just either want to go back into the playoffs or just to have Really fun games at home. I mean, that's really. I mean, that that's that's what they expect. There is no need to push for the title because I mean, obviously, it's a very young team, so it's all it's it's really. I know it's different to compare that to America too, but it's just uh, for you guys as America fans. Even you, guys, I would imagine you wouldn't run into many America fans who are angry if you guys made it to the final of the league, final of the Concacaf uh, Champions League as well, and if you didn't get a title, which is kind of a ast- and just for so many other clubs, that would be an astonishing feat. But then again, I guess it's kind of a... It must be a bittersweet um, kind of a you know, fandom for you guys. Because even even though Medica consistently does well, you guys always have such high expectations. So there must be the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, like consistently. Oh, yeah. As oh, yeah. yeah definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you know as you, <laughs> you know it's an institution that throughout time has proven to be the best and you're in competition with another institution that is claiming to be the best as well you're neck and neck and you know as anyone knows in competition you always want to be the one above and yeah. like you said it's 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 an expectation that you're brought into since you know if if for example like me since birth everyone in my family's been an americanista so you know you learn that no matter what the club is expected to not just win titles but to play good, to dominate and to show in whatever tournament that you are the best. And you know, and we've we've seen a little bit of that this season, which is good. But whether we can continue to do that, it's gonna be up to Piojo and the players to see how well they they can perform. Um but like you said, it's it's, it's a bittersweet uh fandom because you know if even if we were to to, to get to the both finals and losing both Every fan's gonna be calling for some heads. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like like absolutely crazy. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, this is why why you support the team, this is why you go for them, because you know, it's 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 like no other experience, you know? It 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 really is. And you know, I I, I guess it just molds you to be a different person as well.
2: Yeah. And you'll see what happens after Piojo inevitably leaves as well and tries to get back with the national team, right? <laughs> yeah, that's.
0: But you know what? I, I've I've talked to Dylan about this. This is the perfect situation for me. The perfect situation yeah. would be that Pio Jorera actually goes to the Mexican national team, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's Cuautemoc Blanco coming in and taking over the club and having his, you know, having his credentials already for him to be the manager. That would be... Oh, you guys the, want Blanco ideal. to be the
2: manager? I would love to see that. I mean, I, I...
0: Anyone, ask anyone, ask anyone. Anyone in the world would want to see Cotamo Blanco. He's even said himself, he wants to be America's coach. And yeah. I think it's ideal for him to kind of just leave the political stuff aside, aside go do his studying for the manage, for, for the manager's spot. Say,
2: what don't you want him to go, uh, not to like put down this idea what would, would you want him to go for like a smaller club kind of like maybe have him work with the u20 i he goes first
0: he's even <laughs> said it himself he doesn't want oh, yeah. to go into another club he wants to go straight in there and um, i think okay this is the thing it's 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 it can go either both ways he can have total success or he can flop i mean yeah. we've seen uh i mean i guess maybe the closest perfect example is what sedan has done at, at madrid you know, yeah. he's he's been able to, you know, this club legend has been able to come in and, and give trophies to this to the to the club. Um whether or not he would be like that, I I'm not too sure. But I think if if we're thinking about Piojo leaving, the only suitable replacement for me at the moment is uh is Cuauhtémoc Blanco.
2: Wow. Wow. Not not Ruben Omar Romano.
0: <laughs> no 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 <laughs> he had I, a shot no <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I, just, I just wanted to see your reaction more than anything else sorry guys
0: gotcha. No! <laughs> he had a shot no my gosh no
1: <laughs> i told i told ivan that um guatempo going to come back as a player coach yeah They're that's exactly what i was thinking
2: in game. <laughs> it's it's I mean, all it's all fun in games until that actually happens and he steps on the second half and, like, hits the crossbar twice, like, with his, like, belly sticking
0: out. <laughs> Just like, oh, my
2: God. Oh, geez. Uh, Do we have he's... to call him back to the national team? I don't know. We might. We might. Yeah. Think of 2022.
0: 2022. He's, he's going to come back. He's going to score the winning penalty in the final against Chivas and Juan Carlos Osorio, if he's still the coach. No, well, Piojo is going to be the coach for Mexico, so he'd have to call him, you know? and and is going to be making history again so i mean he's just he's he's that type of character <laughs> but i mean ideally yeah uh just to kind of wrap it all up with in regards to to that I, I i would i don't really have any other manager in mind i mean unless we're thinking you know outside of mexico i mean i can name a couple but
2: i mean i, th- I think i mean we don't have to get into this now but i do think that mexican clubs need to be a little bit more adventurous with their decisions over who's going to be managers. I think Santos do a good job of that. I think Santos like yeah. can bring in some interesting options, but for the most part, I mean, you just, it is. I mean, I, and I say the reason why I brought Ruben Omar Romano is because he is the definition of a coach that's just recycled through same ideas. Yes. Everyone knows what to oh expect. Blah, 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 and then he, and then he gets fired and then you'll have, I don't know. He, he's just like the epitome of that. And I do think, I would hope that's uh, a team like an organization like America would try to choose someone different. I mean, right now when you look at uh, the current options, I mean, you could say the best league of manager is Tuca. but Duca is going to retire with the, Tuca, I mean, it, yeah. he's, he's just going to retire with that. That's just what's going to happen. So it would be kind of cool to see a uh, America like reach for someone there, reach for someone that's a, uh, you know, really shoot for the stars too, try to get like a big name in there. Will that happen? I mean, you never know, but that would be pretty cool to see um, just because I mean, so many teams, so many league of teams just recycle these managers. And it's just, it's, it, it it gets it gets a little dull sometimes. It it gets a little dull when you see the same same faces all over again.
0: I mean, we could bring bring back La Puente from retirement, <laughs> <laughs> or
2: even someone like O Ojitos o- o- Mesa. Like, yeah, I know he's doing well, but God, just
0: just let him retire. Let it's him reti- just the like, reputation me- that they carry, I guess. It it really that that that's all. I mean, really, Ojitos. Oh, I mean, I'm surprised no one's actually called for. I don't know if he's doing anything right now, but uh, El Vasco Aguirre?
2: I don't know what that guy's up to right now. Sometimes I, I mean, seem like, I think he's still, I think he's still in Europe right now. So,
0: I mean, I'm surprised no one's actually called him up. Like, hey, you yeah. know, because he's proven to be a pretty decent coach. Uh, obviously showed in the national team, and he's he's obviously managed here in Mexico as well. So, I mean, it's it's crazy that no one's actually actually been like, yo, why don't we get Vasco?
2: Yeah, I know he did go to. He went to see a Hector Moreno game. When he was still with Roma, like he was there for some odd reason, like um, two or three months ago. But yeah, I don't know what it, what else he's up to nowadays. Oh,
0: that that could be a total different podcast on its own. Managers that potentially could uh, manage in the Liga McKees or that have been recycled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plenty <laughs> There's plenty to talk about there. <laughs> uh, all righty. Well, let's move on to the Tijuana preview. This is something that's very close to you, obviously, because you do cover the team extensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be interesting to hear from you exactly what you think. Obviously, you're going to be, you know, talking in regards to everything about Cholos and be interesting to see what you have to say about them coming into this matchup. But as an Americanista, it we really won't focus too much on what happens against Aprisa, seeing as that's its own competition. I, will probably play on the player's mind, but ultimately Dylan, how do you feel America's coming into this Tijuana matchup? Uh, do you, do you like it? Do you think that maybe we should be a little bit cautious, a little bit worried, or, you know, do you think that, you know, we should be, we should be fine.
1: I think it would be a good matchup, you know, like since I said earlier in the show, you know, um Tijuana doesn't get enough um, credit when it comes to being defensive and, you know, especially LaHood, you know, breaking the record with, um, Longest games, you know, not having conceded and going, you know, you give credit to him making some saves, too. And you give credit to defense for, you know, just keeping those shots out. So, you know, that's one thing that one area that we kind of you know, focus on, you know, when it comes to our shots and finish stuff like that. That's one thing we've kind of been a little inconsistent on just a little bit, not too much, but just a little bit when it comes to scoring goals, too. And so, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I don't feel nervous or anything like that. I, f- I feel more excited because I know this is probably going to be an excited matchup coming up Saturday.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, can, Cesar, what, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'll just say, what
1: what I think of is that
2: there is a strong Xolo's presence right now in America. I mean, if you look yeah. at it, <laughs> you got you, got, you got Piojo, you got Carlos Vargas, you have Aguilera, you have Guido, you have Joe Corona, you have Henry Martin. There's several players who are well aware of how Xolo's play, uh, how certain players uh, will anticipate playing this game. And that's, At the same time, though, you could say, well, what about... When you look Pablo. at Schultz's defense, you, like, exactly. you look at Bob Aguilera, who I think has been one of Schultz's best players um so far this season. Oh, yeah. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch, interesting to follow. Um I mean, yeah, Schultz have done quite well defensively, and I think a lot of that has to do with Aguilad and also Lahoud. I think Lahoud has uh, exceeded expectations. I think he was worthy of getting that national team call-up um in January whether we're going to see him in the World Cup, I, I think that's, that's doubtful. He's a, he's a goalkeeper for the future, <laughs> but don't, you, no need to bring him up to, to Russia uh, <laughs> this summer. But yeah, uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because right now, Scholes, uh, there's a big question mark uh, regarding Scholz's attack because as good as they were defensively, just in the attack, uh, things have been pretty miserable. I mean, I know they just beat Blumas 4-1 to last week. And I know uh, yeah. that's, and that's something to focus on too, but that was just one game. That one in the Puebla match, they did well in the attack. I think that Puebla game uh, highlighted uh, how well the team could do with like a four-one-three-two attacking style system. But I mean, there's just in the other matches, there are just so many worries. And especially since uh, Schultz's star striker, Gustavo Bo, he's going to be doubtful. I mean, in fact, I mean, doubtful might even be an understatement here because it, it, more than likely he's just not going to play just because he has uh, injuries. So the big question for Schultz is which player is going to step up? Is it going to be Mo- Mateos Gonzalez? Uh, because he he got two goals and assists over the weekend, but I mean that was his first start. I don't know if he can replicate that again. And then looking past him, it's just it's it's difficult to find someone else in the attack who really is going to be, I don't know, finding the back of the net. So that's something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, at least from Schultz's perspective.
0: Okay, uh, ideally, yeah, that 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 probably is a big concern to see who's going to yeah, step yeah. it up. Um, you know, talking a little bit about Lahoud, I I told Dylan that. Lahoud started stepping up after me and you played that FIFA matchup. Lahoud made a <laughs> tremendous amount of saves uh, in that matchup, and all oh, of dude, a sudden, he, he was life, a beast he in that them.
2: game, man. He was a beast.
0: So, I mean, it uh, I don't know. I mean, FIFA, I don't know, but um, I, I he's gonna be a very important player in, in in the Cholos um defense. I think it, like you said, Delance, it's gonna be a very exciting matchup. I, I kind of tend to look forward to these matchups because uh, they don't. They usually don't disappoint. I mean, last ma- last season we saw what Cholo's uh, get the get the draw at home against America when America was already winning one nil. Um, you saw a very exciting matchup because Cholo's kept pressing and pressing and pushing and pushing forward. You know, um, I think I think like you said though, uh, we America maybe has a little bit of the upper hand here because you know say, all those players that you mentioned know the system, know the club, know exactly what to expect from you know certain players. Um, I think the aerial battle is going to be a difficult one because yeah. America Piojo really likes for not to get out wide and cross the ball. It's going to be a difficult one. Now that Pablo Aguilar is there, we know his strengths, but the team also knows his weaknesses. So I think if we can get behind him and use and abuse Henry Martin speed or our wingers, I, I, I think from, from an America's f- fan perspective, I think that's the way for it, for it to go. I mean, Piojo obviously would have a better strategy. Um, but overall i think this is a game that probably will not disappoint i hope it doesn't because um it it, it should be should be fun to watch in, in in all aspects um so what what do you think uh charles perspective is coming into this matchup uh cesar
2: i mean right now uh, coca uh Scholes's manager i think he's going to try to he's going to look for a point here i i think i know i mentioned the 4132 earlier but based off of how he's uh played so far this season against big teams based off how he's played in away games based off of, you know, the comments that were made about him before the season started, people described him as a practical pragmatic manager that he, would uh, uh, that he play likes to play with the four, four, two or four, four, one, one. So I would not be surprised at all knowing that they, he got a very crucial win in hand that he's going to sit back. He's going to go. And I, once again, we don't, there's so much time right here. I mean, who knows uh, how healthy Bo is going to be. Once again, I don't think he's going to be ready for the game, but who knows yep. of the health of other players like Michael Roscoe, who was originally uh, starting at right back, but then he had some injury problems. But I would not be surprised at all if it was a very defensive-minded 4-1-4-1 4-1 that is seeking just to frustrate uh, America for the full 90 minutes. And just to, I mean, I would imagine that uh, Coco probably watched Veracruz and was probably yeah. thinking you know what, I'm going to try to do the same thing, but the, during injury time, we're we're just not going to allow that late goal. So I think I, I, I think that's going to be the goal here. Uh, I still think it could be an exciting game because you do have uh, some intriguing attacking options for Schultz. I do hope that Mateus uh, gets another start because he was such a risk taker for Tijuana. And I think um, potentially on counters, he could be such an interesting player to watch uh, this weekend. But... Yeah, I would not be surprised, like I said, if it was a very defensive-minded 4-1-4-1 seeking just to frustrate America.
0: Okay. okay. Which, um, now I'm going to throw it off to you, Dylan. It, it looks like if this is the case, it, it, it'd be something that America has seen quite already this season. Teams coming into the Azteca, kind of sitting back, soaking in the pressure and trying to walk away with 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 at least a draw or maybe try to get get us on the counterattack. How do you think uh, Piojo will approach this matchup knowing that we've seen this before. That we we we're, we're gonna get most of the ball. How do you think Pio Herrera is gonna approach it?
1: I think you know he's gonna come out his four four two, like you said. You know something that's always worked for him. I think Weil Rodriguez is gonna play an important part in the midfield. You know whether you know they catch us on the counter. I think he's gonna be important part stopping the counter. I think he's gonna be um, somebody that's gonna want to place the ball into 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 the attack. You know distribute it out into you know getting something started for us because you know like I've always told to you to me I always think uh, a game is won in the midfield and you know Guido Rodriguez right now has been the key for us in the midfield and i think it's I think it's gonna lay on him a little bit more. You know, he I don't think he's had a, a game where people said, you know, he's this is a bad game for Guido. Guido's had almost what we could say a perfect season in my opinion a little bit. And so you know um in the end, you know, Bielho is going to have to cope. Whether you know, like, like Cesar said, you know, if Tijuana sit back and you know, frustrate América, you know, he's going to have to cope with that. Find different ways to to break down the defense, you know, and and when it comes to substitutions, make the substitutions at the right time instead of waiting so long to make those substitutions.
2: I'm glad that Guido, Guido's having such a good season with América because I will say that when he was with Tijuana, he was probably one of my favorite players to watch from that team, and I always said that the work that he does, at least what he did with Tijuana uh, was the work of two defensive midfielders. Having oh, yeah. him in the middle is just like, it was such a, it was such a luxury for Tijuana. And I think he was a key reason why back when Tijuana was finishing in, you know, first place in the regular season, he was a key reason why they were doing that. It was just, they, they knew there was just so much confidence that he was going to do whatever possible to stop plays. Yeah. It led to some yellows and I'm, you guys have definitely seen that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you guys oh, have yeah. definitely seen him like getting those yellows getting those cards but but it was worth it in the end just because of how much he would disrupt play uh, i do wish that i mean he, he would be such an exciting player if he was a little bit faster maybe if he was a little bit more of a risk taker going forward maybe if he had like provided some exciting uh excited like long crosses or long passes but i mean that it doesn't really matter just because of how good he is at disrupting the game and like i said he's just like I said, he does the work of two defensive midfielders so it's once again that's going to be a problem for Tijuana but for for America I mean that's a promising player too because he's not a, it's not like this guy is a veteran either he's a he's a young Argentine player so
0: oh yeah he's very I want to say very young but you know he's 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 starting to grow as a player like you said now we're we're enjoying that luxury of him he's performing day in and day out I think you know he's settled in that role and I think you know he's 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 gotten a little bit more mature in the sense that you know he's not so reckless at times i think he's he's still
2: going to be reckless for a little bit though i mean that's just part of his dna i think
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean uh, there's 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 uh, you know times where he's he's a little bit more smarter when when it comes to the tackling when you know he right granted he can be reckless at times but i think he he does so when he suits that it's at the right moment which is i think you know speaks highly about him um but, you know, like you guys said, it sh- should be an interesting matchup, will be an interesting matchup. Um, ultimately, uh, I think if America, you know, starts off the way, you know, we- we've mentioned time and time again, just goes for it, you know, Precious uh, puts, you know, Tijuana against the ropes a little bit quickly in the matchup, you know, if we can get an early goal and, you know, kind of, you know, dictate the game from there, I think uh, I think we'll definitely be the team uh, to-, to walk away with all three points. You know, with that said, uh, for... I I'm, I'm i think we're we're both in agreement still and that the man that uh the man that is gonna be the most important for America in this matchup is gonna be Guido. I'm curious to see who is gonna be Tijuana's key player for this matchup, César.
2: I mean, I think that uh that'll be Damian Musto. Damian Musto it was uh the way that people talked him up before he went to Tijuana, they're saying like, oh, if you like Guido Rodriguez, you're gonna fall in love with Damian Musto. Because apparently he had more experience, he was a little bit better uh, going forward. But I will say he is an excellent defensive midfielder, not at the same levels of Guido, but enough that he kind of plays the same role that uh, Guido has with América. This is a guy that will, once again, will disrupt play. I think he is a uh, he. I think he's a little bit more aggressive uh, than Guido. I think Guido has a little bit more potential. I think Guido is a little bit of a better player. But Musto uh, is going to be the key guy there to really. Uh, halt a lot of uh, chances that are being created by Medico. So I think if there's any if there's any hope that uh, that uh, uh, at least get a, a draw here, any hope that they at least could surprisingly get a win, it's going to be up to Musto. I I think it's going to be very difficult. I think it's unlikely to happen just because I think América the better side and they have uh, they have a better momentum right now. They have better rhythm. I mean they have a they're probably going to get a win this week and it's going to boost the morale even further, but I think if there is a chance for them to stop America, I think it's going to be through the likes of Musto in the middle uh, for Cholos.
0: All right. All right. Interesting enough. Uh, and indeed. So uh, just to kind of wrap it up, uh, what are you guys' uh, prediction? Dylan, what's your prediction for the matchup?
1: Uh, I'll go two one America win.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be a two one. I
2: think that, uh, I think maybe Mateos is going to get the start maybe he'll he'll get a goal there for Scholos. but yeah I I mean at the Azteca uh you know with a lot of players that are familiar with Cholos's roster I think that the Juan is going to end up uh, getting a, a loss here so yeah I'll I'll go with I'll go with the 2 to 1 uh, win for America
0: righty, 2-1 2-1 I'm going 4 2 just just to be a little random number out there but still going with that America victory hopefully um either one of those score lines actually go through for us. Um, ultimately. So uh, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for the Tijuana uh, preview. Uh should be an interesting matchup. So again, you guys make sure you guys tune in uh, matchup is Saturday, 7 PM uh, Pacific time, 9 PM central time, uh, 10 PM uh, Eastern time. So make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter. Like I've mentioned, we will be following that uh, matchup extensively. Um, pretty much we're running down to the end of the podcast here uh quickly we just want to say thank you again Sasha for for being able to jump on jump on the yeah, podcast of course, and of course. thanks podcast. for having me guys thanks for having me good time <laughs> um you know that's it's, it's it, it was kind of important for us to get you on the podcast too i think me and Dylan uh before we you know i, I think a lot of credit because of this podcast started was kind of has to go back to you uh yeah. Yeah. when uh both me and Dylan kind of reached out to you saying hey look we kind of want to follow in, in some of the footsteps that you and some of the other uh, people down at the Mexican soccer show kind of do. So we reached out to you and you kind of gave us, you know, kind of the, the, the edge, you know, the, the nudge, you know, like do this, you know, maybe mold yourself this way. So, you know, I think I speak for, for me and Dylan as well, you know, thank you for, for uh, kind of, you know, giving us that advice. Yeah, well, uh, you just keep it going, guys.
2: I mean, anyone out there too who are just like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I want to do my own thing. Just do it, man. Do it. It's like we need we <laughs> we need more English language coverage. We know that. I mean, we we all know that. I mean, like, the, apparently the Mexican national teams is going to be doing some stuff in English. But I mean, if the League of Yankees clubs aren't doing it, then we should be doing it, right? I mean, we're oh, yeah. we're the fans. We're watching the games. We're and we're all a growing demographic. In the United States, you know, we're all there's a. I mean, we're literally speaking about Mexican soccer in English right now, and we're going to interact with people on Twitter afterwards because it's interesting to us. And we're, and I don't know. I, I I think if you if you have any interest, even if it's a second division team, uh, in the Mex, uh, in Mexico, go for it. Start a podcast. Start like tweeting out about games. Start a you know start a new podcast. Start a new Twitter account. I don't know i'm glad you guys are, I'm, I'm just saying you got i'm glad you guys are doing it and uh uh yeah no thank you
0: <laughs> no thank you dylan anything you want to you want to add on
1: yeah man just just thinking in general man i mean i remember asking you on your ssr article you know you, you got some advice for a young broadcaster because <laughs> you know um here at college too man i do some broadcasting i do play by play color commentary too so i am have i'm able to do that you know i do i do commentate the women's soccer games here too sometimes whenever they play and so you know it's just it's just something that uh you helped me start too man you, you're helping yeah. me with my dream just by the advice that you gave me man so like i appreciate it man you know just keep doing what you're doing too man you know i love it you know um don't listen to ivan i'm your number one fan man don't say <laughs> <to> anybody else. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you're gonna be you're dealing you're gonna be more successful than me man
2: i studied call i studied i studied, uh, psychology at college, man. And it's just like, I, I don't know. You, you probably know a lot more about journalism than I do, man. So keep it going, dude. It's only a matter of time before you're, before you're my boss and telling me what to do. So.
0: <laughs> uh, again, thank you, Cesar for, for being on the pod. Uh, just last two questions and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, one, uh, what advice do you have for, for the younger generation that, that kind of look up to, to what you're doing and, and maybe want to follow in the footsteps of you. And uh, two, uh, food recommendations for when you go down to Tijuana.
2: <laughs> well, I'll start with the food recommendations. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's a little bit more depends on who you ask, but honestly, I think.
0: Oh, it looks like we have a little bit of a I technical think... difficulty. Oh, there,
2: there you go. Oh, there, there, we, go. Go. there <laughs> we go. There we go. There. Yeah, Tacodel Frank. Uh, they just have like great stuff over there. It's not too far away from the stadium. Uh, I also think that Taco Nasal, Uh, there's like two or three different locations. There's actually, one really close. Um, to the stadium, and uh, you sometimes run into some Tijuana players over there, uh, after like some of the youth players and some of the uh, some of the older players like I've seen like Joe Corona was there. Alejandro Guido has been there. There's one close to the stadium, so I would uh, recommend Taco Nassau. Um for those who want to do what I'm doing, not just what I'm doing, but you guys are doing too, just, just like I said earlier, just start it. start. It. And if you ever had that interest, if you have a passion about soccer, if you, love the Mexican national team. If you love, it doesn't even have to be Mexican soccer. If you listen to this just because you have a slight interest in Mexican soccer and you love some second division team somewhere in the United States, start a podcast, start a Twitter account, start a blog, something, man. It's just, I mean, I think we need more of this. And I think that it's, it's exciting to see a lot of this because I mean, back in the day, it was just, it was like me, Tom, naive, and like we so and we were like the only guys like talking about this stuff on Twitter. And like and sometimes it kind of felt a little strange thinking like, is anyone even listening? Does anyone even really yeah. care? And and I and I, I thought about that for all, but it's clear that there is a significant amount of people who do care. There's a significant amount of Mexican Americans, Chicanos, Latinx, uh, you know, people who really who really do care about Mexican soccer and who and we're speaking about it in English because we're more comfortable speaking English because, you know, obviously we grew up here in the United States, but of course we still have that strong cultural tie. It is a call and ties to Mexico, whether it be, uh, because of our mom, our dad, our thios, our thias, our abuelita, our abuelitos. I mean, it, clearly we still have that a cultural tie and a lot of it has to do with soccer too. I mean, just go to any Mexican national team game. That's the best cultural celebration of Mexican pride that I've ever seen, man. <laughs> so like, I mean, if, so if you have that passion, if you, if you love the Mexican national if you love, like I said, it would be Chivas, the Luke. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care which team. It's just like if you have that passion, start something. Starts. It could be what you guys are doing. It could be, like I said, it could be a blog. It could be something as dumb as just an Instagram account. I don't care. Just go out there and do it, man. Just because it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I can't. Pro- I can't promise you'll make a lot of money. That's definitely something I can't promise. But it is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Ultimately we're we're not in it for the for the profit. I think it's 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 something that we we love you enjoy and it's a passion like you said. So um you know great great advice from Seth said himself. Uh well that pretty much wraps it up. So thank you again, Cesar, for for coming down uh course, and making it good. making the time. This has been episode eight. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you guys do follow Cesar at CesarFootball Football on Twitter and uh he'll have you covered with everything. Mexican national team and Liga Mekis. Dylan. Again, thank you so much for taking out the time and, and uh joining me again to co host the Eagle Eye Podcast. Yeah, man,
1: no problem. Always
0: my pleasure. Alrighty, and thank to every single one of you guys who tuned in live and are listening to this right now via SoundCloud or iTunes. We can't do this without you guys as well. Let's keep the family growing. Again, thank you so much for everything that you guys have done for us, and uh, we'll be seeing and talking to you guys very, very soon. And until next time, take care, guys.